I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. Eight and three to start the year. Do you like that? Do you like that? I hope you do. I hope you like it very, very much. Uh, NFL starting right around the corner this week. And, buddy, I just got to tell you, I'm so sports horny right now that it, it's possible <laughs> that with this raging sports boner I have in my pants that I might have to go to the bathroom to, you know, clean up, wipe down <laughs> all the good stuff. And, uh, look, I've been, I've been known to deliver multiple um, orgasm. So I'm just kidding. I, I can't even lie. It's one. It's one and done for me, baby. Now, whether you are here for the funny, it's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill. By now, we will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we'll make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Peach Fuzz Ale by Iron Bridge Ice House in Bastrop, Mm -hmm. Texas. I don't know. Yeah, this only got one out of five stars <laughs> on the beer yes. app. It's a terrible fucking beer. But it is very apropos because just like the peach fuzz that grows on a baby's head when they're a newborn, mm-hmm. this NFL season is newborn. And although some kids grow up to be awesome, like the Bills and the Chiefs, 
You also have those kids that grow up just to be, you know, another fucking asshole in line at the coffee shop in the morning that's never going to do anything special like the Falcons, the Bears, <coughs> the Lions. No. Oh. But either way, you have to <laughs> cherish kids because they are the future, I guess. Mm-hmm. But for certain, we do cherish every football <clears throat> season like it is our very own. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't think I didn't notice, and everybody didn't notice the shot you took at my uh, my beloved, slightly retarded, a little can't just walk right. We've got a little bit of a limp Detroit Lions child. I love my child so much. So you and all of your pop shots at my my pretty little Detroit Lion child can suck it, sir. All right, boys and girls, we're gonna get into the podcast now. We're gonna go over the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? And, of course, we're going to go over every game in NFL. It is week one, baby. Time to roll, and we're going to get you paid, as we always do, with those free picks. But right now, we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Divorce is Done Right. We all know how divorce works in this country. The woman gets everything that she wants, and the dude gets taken to the fucking cleaners. It happens every goddamn time, and we, as a society, have just grown to accept it like it's fucking scripture. What the fuck are we doing, fellas? It's time for us to wake the fuck up and beat these bitches! So if you got some gold-digging whore trying to suck you dry and take your goddamn kids, even though she spends half her day drunk on wine and hopped up on fucking opioids, you need to call our friends at Divorce is Done Right. The attorneys at Divorce is Done Right have all themselves been victims of their own whore-ass ex-wives, and they've bonded together to make sure that not one other man in this country gets dicked around by this fucking shitty legal system that's been set up to do nothing but support those goddamn succubuses. Divorce is Done Right! Finally! Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that Divorce is Done Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> over the years, we have uh, utilized them from time to time. You know, it's not a service you want to utilize a lot, if I'm being honest. But when you do need them, they are there for you to make sure that you don't get fucking raped over by the fucking whores there. And yeah. they just don't take all your shit. Well, they do like to take your shit. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a story for a different podcast, I guess. But, <laughs> but um, listen, I mean, this is the beginning of the new year. It's kind of like the beginning of a marriage. Everything's fresh. Everybody's in love. All these teams are going to be great. By the end of this year, there's going to be some teams that are and some fans that are going to want to do the old uh, divorcee thing. So uh, maybe they can call it that that awesome service. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you? Fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright, boys and girls, and as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby! Yeah. Four and one on Saturday, eight and three overall to start the year. Mm. Two and zero oh on free picks, giving out on here on the podcast. One and zero oh on Longhorn, giving out free picks on football and freedom. Mm-hmm. We're fucking rolling in all the ways. <laughs> really? Like, I mean, that's that's good point because I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about all those free picks that weren't official picks that just keep popping winners. So, uh, yeah, if you're not following us, 
If you're not if you're not subscribed to the Revolution Network, if you're not watching all the shows on there, you're just not you're not you're not getting on the web the website. You're really not utilizing all of the opportunities to make money. So um, why don't you do it? Quit being stupid. Quit being stupid. Just like us uh, last week, the bad we were stupid and we took <laughs> Louisville minus four versus Syracuse. Mm. Uh, yeah, Louisville just never even showed up. They weren't even ever close to covering, comeback, like all the crazy comebacks we had cost. Nah, they, they were never even close. It was no. terrible. Yeah, I had that game on for about eight and a half minutes and realized, oh, um, yeah, Syracuse is, I mean, and again, you're the college guy. I don't know, but I was like, this, this isn't, they're not the same. So I, I turned it off. And But look, four and one. I mean, come on. It's a great Saturday. Loved it. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. All right, now we move on to the Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And this week, that award goes to the App State versus UNC game. And sometimes, thankfully, this isn't always about us. This is if you, this is the worst beat of the week for sure. <laughs> App State, uh, when they opened up, they were plus one and a half. So if you grabbed them there and you had that ticket, you saw App State. First of all, they were ahead and was then were behind. It was a great game, great seesaw game. Not a lot of defense. But anyway, App State ties the game up at 49 with four minutes left. And then you saw UNC take a seven-point lead with 250 to go. But then you saw App State go down and score a touchdown to be down six with 31 seconds left. And miracles of all miracles. The coach decides to grow some fucking balls. And since he can't stop the other team, he says, fuck it. I'm going for two, which if you're plus one and a half, that's just exactly what you want. Either way, you fucking win. Now they draw up the perfect play. They've got a kid wide open in the end zone. The quarterback literally makes the worst pass he's made all day and one of the worst I've ever seen. It was one that he floated it over the kid's head. The kid was stumbling back like a little leaguer in center field. He's just hoping he catches the pop-up. Yeah, it went right over his head. You're thinking, oh, shit, well, at least we're only down one. I got plus one and a half. The only thing, the only thing that could possibly beat you is if UNC returns the onside kick for a touchdown, which never happens. <laughs> but then, oh, it fucking did oh happen. Oh, my God. So now with 28 seconds left, you're down eight. All hope is lost. There's no fucking way App State could score a touchdown. Less than 30 seconds and no timeouts in the whole field to go, except they fucking did. Now you're only a two-point conversion away from overtime. You've got a live ticket again. No way they came all this way back to not win this game. It has to be destiny. Except they blew the goddamn two-point conversion again and you lost. Holy hell. What a bad fucking beat for all you poor bastards holding the App State ticket. And I gotta gotta admit, that was one that just barely... Just barely missed our pick, so I'm glad that one got left on the cutting room floor. Holy shit, what a fucking bad beat that was to start the season. Yeah, that's. I, I'm just happy that none of the bad beats are, you know, ours yet. But just, they'll come. We're going to get our fair share of those just kick you in the nuts type uh, bad beats for sure. Yep, thank God we escaped the first week without any <laughs> nut kicking losses. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. 
Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay calm! What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! For the first time this year, the Bells have rung, and the <laughs> NFL season is fucking here. Longhorn, we're gonna start in hot Atlanta. For those Falcons, five and a half point home dogs in New Orleans Saints. Oh God, why the fuck are we starting there? But all right, um, you listen on this game, I. That's dead. We've talked about it in years past. That's a dead man number. I mean, if you like Atlanta, you can't bet plus five and a half. You just can't do it. Like I, I and I think that will get up to at game time. I think that'll get up to six. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see once the once the the squares come in. We'll see if that shoots up even higher to six, six and a half. But at the number it's at now, that's a, that's a nothing for me. Um, lots of love for New Orleans. In the offseason, they're, they're a team that I think their I think their season win total has shot up a full game, maybe game and a half since the start of the offseason a few uh, several months ago. So they're a team that everybody's liking, um, and actually Atlanta's kind of ticked up a little bit on the uh, the love lately, but still very very low. Nobody really likes them. Um, like I said, if it got to six six and a half, you might get some interest in me. For that home dog, and by the way, there are ten on the on the sixteen game slate. There are ten home dogs on this slate. Uh, the dogs are going to be barking this week. You better believe it. Um, we love dogs in general. We love home dogs for sure. So don't be surprised if we're uh, you know certainly leaning to a lot of dogs. But at six six and a half, give me give me that home dog a little bit as a lean. Um, at five and a half, it's a dead no play for me. And I will say that. Uh, New Orleans, you know, buyer beware if you like Atlanta because New Orleans has beat Atlanta in Atlanta the last four trips to Atlanta by seven points per game. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of mostly just a stay away game for me. What do you got? Yeah, it's definitely a dead number, but if you just look at kind of what you just touched on, if you just want to look at overall what these two teams do, especially against the number, we know obviously Atlanta's been down in the win total or whatever, but. That doesn't care. We don't give a shit about that. It's all about what you do against the number. Yeah, Atlanta sucks dick against the number in the last four years, and that's even with, you know, the departed Matt Ryan. They are covering at less than 40% all games. Now, if you look even further than that, against the NFC South in particular, they actually did really well last year against the spread. Um, But... If you look at New Orleans and what they do against the spread, they also did very well against the South 4-2 last year. New Orleans has not had a losing season, Longhorn, ATS, in the last four years. Even last year, they went 9-8 yeah. overall and 9-8 and against the number. So, overall, if you look historically trends, um, you got to lean New Orleans. Again, this is a new year, so some people might say, oh, you thought of that all out the window. But not really because New Orleans' new head coach has been their defensive coordinator for at least, I think, the last three years. He knows Atlanta. He knows their personnel. I know they got a new quarterback. They didn't get any better there. 
They haven't got any better on offense. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is really the only difference maker they have on that side of the ball. So, if you look at it from that perspective, I think that Vegas priced this accordingly. They're probably not wanting to take a lot of money on either side, and that's why it is that the number it is. I'm with you. This is a pass. I'd, I'd lean New Orleans at the five. I'd lay the five and a half if you made me. That's for sure. Uh, but we'll see. I, I think Atlanta's going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, so that's also based on my preseason projections as well and our power rankings. I think New Orleans is going to be very good, as you do also. So I think we'll look back at this in a few weeks and think that, uh, man, we probably got a pretty good discount here. Yeah. Again, the first of the season, everybody's a little hesitant here and there to take, especially these dead kind of numbers. But sometimes dead numbers are the sharpest numbers early in the season because you know that Vegas is just pricing this just to fucking not entice too much. But to your point on movement, last thing of this game, this game opened up uh, when the very first lines came out, and I'm going to talk about this a lot tonight. Uh, New Orleans was minus four at Atlanta, so this game has moved a point and a half. And you got to think, well, what's changed between then and now? The answer is really nothing. There's not been any major injuries for either side. We didn't see anything in the preseason that would lead you to believe. No. One way or the other, Atlanta, you know, hasn't looked great overall. New Orleans is we're just fine, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's a pass from me. All right. All right, moving on. Those San Francisco 49ers going up north to the Bears. And they are, with their brand-new starting quarterback, their seven-point mm. road favorites. Yeah, it's 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 kind of ugly and it's gross, but I'm gonna lean to Chicago here. Um, just kind of a hold your nose and bet on the seven points at home. And just like you said, Trey Lance on the road in his first real start. That kid's got pressure on him. San Fran's expected to be good. He's filling the shoes of Jimmy G, who is still on the team and just got paid sixteen million sixteen million dollars to be the backup. So to think that he doesn't have pressure is is ridiculous. And when do you have the most nerves and the most butterflies and the most pressure? It will be week one, especially when you're seven-point favorite on the road. Now, on the flip side, uh, Fields has played a lot in the preseason. They gave him a lot of snaps in the preseason, and they should because he's a young player who, on a shitty team that needs a lot of work. Uh, but he looked good. He actually looked decent in the preseason. Um, it's a, Chicago's a terrible team. Don't get me wrong. San Fran will win this game. Uh, but seven points on week one. With a brand new starter at quarterback on the other side, that's too rich for my blood. I'm going to gobble up those seven points and lean to Chicago at home. Yeah, I can't do anything but lean with you, and I am not high on the Bears whatsoever. However, like you said, um, fact of the matter is, as bad as Justin Fields was last year, he did play. He did play. <laughs> that's, and that, that's more than Lance. <laughs> that's right. And and you might think, well, who gives a shit? Well, that's, that's big in the NFL, man. Every snap you take. Every bit of experience uh, in the NFL, especially at that position, is going to help you. Right? It all helps the game slow down a little bit for you. It all helps everything at least start to come together. And the other thing, too, is San Francisco, as good as they've been the last few years, which has been pretty great outside of 2020, they've been pretty awesome. Uh, you know, And even against the number, they've been fairly fairly good well about they're really 50 50 but last year they were 12 and 8 overall and 12 and 8 against the number they pretty much dominated however you know here's my one thing might give you pause on the road last year they were eight and four against the number so and against the rest not the nfc west obviously which last year that was like a murderer's row they went three and four against the rest nfc they went nine and six 
That's with playoff games included. So, <laughs> but as a favorite last year, they were 50-50. So they did most of their damage as a, as a dog. They were 5-1. and one. So in this position with a quarterback in his very first start in the NFL, yeah, there's a lot of upside to this kid, and I get it. And if you look at the opening line, it was San Fran minus 6.5. That was when we couldn't, you know, kind of didn't know. I mean, kind of knew it was Lance, but, you know, some people were still expecting, you know, Jimmy G to either either move in or move out. And like you said, he didn't either one. So the lines move up to seven. It's probably about right, honestly, on the numbers. So that makes it a stay away game for me. But, again, overall, oh, sorry, the numbers are moving. It just moved down consensus to six and a half. So, Money coming in the Bears as we fucking speak. What? Oh, as we man. speak. Hmm. So, that might get a little less enticing as it gets closer to time. But we're going to move on. So, hit refresh. Hit refresh. All right. Those uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Not your daddy's Bengals, baby. They're <laughs> six-point home favorites versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me... No, the last time you heard that shit come out of my mouth, uh, the answer would be fucking never. So, what do you got on the Bengals being six-point home favorites? Well, speaking of coming out of your mouth, this is the big dick pick of the week. Big floppy donkey dick. Say your fucking dick. All right, so hey, this is a this is obviously a new little thing that we're doing. Uh, when I, it's basically like hitting the sounder. I'm picking Pittsburgh to win this game straight up. Like you just said, this is uncharted territory. For Cincinnati, six and a half point favorites. Are you kidding me? In this division, first of all, normally three points and higher is a fucking auto play. You're getting six and a half here um, on the Super Bowl uh, loser from last year, which, by the way, the Super Bowl loser is on a 4 and 18 ATS week one run and 9 and 13 straight up. So there's history here that they they struggle in week one. Um, I really do like the offensive line additions for Cincinnati that they've done, but it is four new starters. So week one will be the the least cohesive that this unit is going to be. I do think they're going to turn out to be a really good offensive line, or not really good, but like a very steady offensive line eventually. But right now, you know, you're working in new starters all, all over the offensive line. Um, Pittsburgh, don't forget, one. Uh, last year on week one at Buffalo and Tomlin, you know, he's, he's, I mean, Tomlin as a, as a dog, we all know he's a beast. Um, and, and on top of that underdogs for division games in week one are 29 and nine against the spread. So everything, certainly everything points to me to Pittsburgh plus six and a half. Obviously I'm calling my shot here with the big tick, big dick pick of the week for Pittsburgh to win this game. You don't have to go that far. That's just for me to do, but, um, yeah, Pittsburgh plus six and a half, probably my favorite pick of the week. Well, Longhorn Rider, I tell you, uh, buddy, I think we're sharps for a reason because uh, I was definitely thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Sweet. Um, here's the thing. I wanted to fade Cincinnati coming into the season, but with everything going on with the Browns and how bad Pittsburgh will be overall this season, I really just couldn't do it because they are still going to be, you know, their record is going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get them, now is the time. You talked about Tomlin being good in this position as the underdog. Uh, good is an understatement. So since 2010, over a decade of data, Pittsburgh is the number one ATS team in the NFL uh, as a dog. And they generally do cover. 
or they do cover at a better clip than most teams or any team, I guess I just said, in the NFL. So Tomlin in this position, he's always dangerous. He's always tough. And yeah, I think that Cincinnati might have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Again, they're not, Pittsburgh's not big brother anymore, especially right now. But big brother can always still whip little brother at any time. So I think at this number, I got to lean Pittsburgh. I would like for it to get up to the seven. It's sitting at six and a half. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. It's gonna be. It's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take a lot to, for it to move. And if you look, I think it, I think it'll go down to six at, by game time. Honestly, it might. And uh, it's been sitting here since the same line since uh, it opened up this summer. So this line has not moved one fucking inch. So yeah, obviously not a lot of action either way. But we will see what happens. But I definitely lean with you to the Steelers. Mm. All right, moving on. Your Detroit Lions, <laughs> four-point home dogs to those goddamn dirty Philadelphia Eagles. All right, and we get back-to-back uh, special games because this is the Danger Zone game of the week. Look, in this game, um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on because I feel like, you'll tell me, but I feel like the numbers are going to contradict me. But I will say um, that I, I just think, and I, I'm, I'm just, I 100% might be biased, but because of my, you know, I, I do, I'll probably follow Detroit more than, you know, a healthy person should. Certainly a healthy, <laughs> hand, than a, a healthy handicapper should. But when you look at the trenches, Detroit on both sides of the ball. Detroit, they're one of the few teams that's going to be able to line up toe to toe with Philly and match them in the trenches. Um, now you look at what Detroit's weakness is. It's that back seven uh, of the defense. But here's the deal: Can Hurts take advantage of that in Week One with a with a you know kind of working in a new receiving core? And obviously he's a limited passer anyways, or at least he's shown that so far in his career. I don't know. Um, now, clearly, Philly is the better team. There's no no two ways about that. But you're catching four. You're at home. The hype is kind of equal. You know, I, I know Detroit was on uh, hard knocks, and they get a lot, they got a lot of hype, and they're, you know, they they've been kind of like trending. Their their season win total has been going up throughout the summer and um, the summer. And but but guess what? Philly has been too. They've gone from underdogs in the division of nfc east to the favorites so as far as hype goes i don't know i don't really see the difference so it really just comes down to on the field and on the field in the trenches specifically i do see detroit hanging tough and playing strong with this team and they showed it they showed a tendency to do that last year um so uh, i acknowledge i'm biased i would love to hear what the computers have to say but Philly better be careful. That's all I'm gonna say. This is dangerous. Philly better be careful because they think that if they think they're gonna go in there and just fucking show up and beat Detroit, that ain't happening. That ain't happening, Captain. Yeah, I mean the computers are split on this one. Um, overall, mm. our power rings do have Detroit covering this number. Uh, another one of our metrics we use that generally uh, does pick favorites. It is picking Philadelphia, but it's the only one that is, which is generally a good sign to the dog uh, when that happens. Uh, this, to me, right. is the ultimate just 
let's see what happens, game. Like this, this is one of those week one games to me that's not worth putting my money on because, you know, I don't know what Hurts is gonna do with this awesome roster. I don't know if he's grown. We'll see. I don't know. You know, Detroit. Maybe they've gotten you know better. Maybe they got more cohesive. They got some new weapons. Let's see what golf does week one. Um, Hutchinson coming for you. I will tell you that uh, at where is this at at Fanduel. Uh, Philly is down to three and a half. Now they're charging you an extra four cents on the juice to take that, but they're giving you an extra four cents on the side to take three and a half to uh, Detroit. So it's only minus 106 at plus three and a half. So you got to decide whether or not the VIG's worth that half a point. Uh, <clears throat> to me, in that mm-hmm. in that range, it kind of is. I'd rather just pay the 10 cents and take the four if I was going to Detroit. Obviously, you only want to lay that three and a half. If you're going with Philadelphia, it's definitely worth your four cents going that way. I don't think the four cent discount is worth losing half a point though, going the other way. So but for me this is uh this is kinda hang back and watch territory. Yeah, and it's gonna be a fun game to watch for sure. I will be I will be glued to that to that screen for sure. Alright, moving on and those are my hammer dolphins hosting <laughs> the New England Patriots and they are now a three and a half point home favorite. Yeah, I'm leaning to New England here. That's just uh, the three and a half points. That's just too much for me to ignore. I don't feel like this is a dangle spot that Vegas is begging New England money. Um, but you know, you always got you always got to wonder when when that their three and a half is out there. Uh, obviously, New England's had a history of problems in Miami. But I'm here. Bottom line, I don't I don't like the quarterback for Miami at all. And it's got they got a new coaching staff. They got a brand new offensive line that I do think is gonna same as Cincinnati. I think they're gonna be good eventually. But there's a lot of new players and a lot of new spots that they're working in. Um, so j- this is just a numbers play. I don't really like either side here. But the three and a half is is on a force lean. Of course, I'm taking it. Uh, division game, all, all those all those things you know coming to come into play there. Division games in week one, 29 and nine against the spread. So just simply on that. The better coach, the better quarterback, catching three and a half. Uh, I would lean to New England. What did what the computer say? Uh, let me look and see. I was looking at something else. Uh, watching porn over yeah, there. Yeah, watching a little porn. That got me all excited talking about the. Uh, so the computers are firmly on New England. Um, all right. Early on, week one. Uh, I'm kind of. I liked Miami at the three. Um, I may or may have not have locked them in at three points already. It's moved to three and a half. It was three over the summer. It's been three the whole time. It's only moved this other extra half a point starting this week. Now, Belichick has had his trouble, for sure, even with Tom Brady down in Miami. Now, generally, it's later in the year when they have their trouble. In December, they've had, that's a losing record for Bill Belichick overall. <laughs> However, they are going down five days early, which means they've been there for a couple days by now, to acclimate themselves to that goddamn swampy weather down there in Miami. Yeah, um, it's true. So that's a that is, is a luxury they usually cannot afford to do, but they were able to afford it. So I think that might neutralize some of that. If you just want to look though against ATS, the great Bill Belichick against the AFC East, against the spread is not good he's 50 50 the last four years and of course tommy boy's been there through some of that 12 12 and one last year three and four three and three the year four two three and one the year before that four and two in 2018 
And if you look on the flip side of that, Miami, last year against the AFC East ATS, uh, 3 2 4-2, 4-2, 4-2. So they have been 15-8-1 in division ATS. So Miami, Miami generally does play uh, well against the number and against the division. Now, in years past, they've mostly been dogs during that, so you've got to take that into account. Now they are the favorite. Three and a half, again, is too rich for me. The three was fine. At least there I get a push. But we'll see what the McCookie Monster has in year two. He has looked like absolute dog shit uh, to start the season, or to start the preseason. The whole offense. The whole offense has. They're, they changed the running yeah. scheme. They're, they're changing it. Like, I was just about to say, when you finish up, 46 and a half over under. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a 2017 game. Either way, the, um, you know, to lean to the under. Yeah. Good Lord. That, that's why I don't like the three and a half. At three, I was fine with it, but three and a half, again, it feels like a three-point game. It feels like a point point game. Who's going to get freaking 27 points in this game? Which which team is going to score 27? Get the fuck out of here. 46 points? Yeah. It, it should be a low score, mostly sloppy. And you also have to remember, too, against Belichick, you know, he generally does treat the first month of the season as an extension of the preseason. So... He's still going to be experimenting. He might see two coaches, again, splitting play calling on the offense. You never know what the fuck you're Because that's what mm. you saw the whole preseason. <clears throat> two different coaches calling plays. I, I don't like anything that they're doing. I don't like anything. If they're, if if Miami had almost any quarterback other than Tua, I'd be slamming the table for Miami. Even, even if it was just another <laughs> below-average quarterback not named Tua, I'd still yeah, be slamming the table yeah, for Miami. Yeah. Yeah, well, they got two of us, so come on. Yeah, we'll see. All right, moving on to those New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets! They're seven-point home dogs for the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I uh, typically have a um, rule that there are no Hello Corner TV games in week one because it's week one. It's just, you just you know, Every game, every team is worth watching, but this is going to be a gross one. This is a first one to ten type game, uh, first one to ten wins type game. Uh, word is Flacco starting, so is that good? Is that bad? I don't know, but the Jets are not going to be good. Um I will say that the Jets do have some fucking dudes that they're building over there on defense. So I do think that they'll be able to keep this at least low scoring. And I'm trying to remember what you said. What's that? 44 and a half on the over under. Um, so that's that's one of the lower over. Or I guess it's a middling over under. But I expect this to be a low scoring game. Is seven points too much? That's a home dog that I actually don't like. Like if I had to pick one home dog. In this whole slate of ten home dogs that I like would have to pick to get blown out, it would be the Jets. We all know Baltimore are bullies; they just kind of do what they do. But like I said, Jets have some dudes on defense. I think they can slow them down enough to keep it somewhat close, but probably still win. You know, by by that you know eight, nine, ten range. So uh, slightly into Baltimore as a road favorite, which just sounds gross saying it out of my mouth. But yeah, lean to Baltimore. See, man, on this one, I'm kind of leaning the other way. Um, yeah. As bad as I hate to, but and you and it's going, it's steaming up to seven and a half at several different books. Uh, let's see, who's this? FanDuel and who is this? This is Points Bet. You can get it now. You're, you're, 
Oh shit, they got points, but it has it seven and a half at minus 105. So they're giving you the extra half point. They're reducing the juice on it to get it there. So, hmm. man, uh, that means you can get the Jets. They're plus seven and a half, minus 110. That, if you're leaning the Jets, that is definitely the place to play it. Uh, fan- Almost begging. FanDuel is kind of raping you. They're, min- they're charging you minus 120 to get that seven and a half. So. Definitely don't lay it down there. Find yourself another out, boys and girls. Always have more than one out. Uh, the only the only reason why I would lean this way is just because Flacco is the quarterback, and I know that sounds retarded in and of itself, but... Terrible. Terrible. He is a veteran quarterback in this league. He started a lot of games, and he generally doesn't make the big mistakes. Now, he's not going to make the big play, so if they're going to cover, then this defense better be every bit as good as you think that they could possibly be one day. They better be in it on Sunday, and they better be ready to stop the run because Baltimore is going to come, like you said, head over heels after them. They're not going to hold anything back. So it's not a game yeah. that I'm itching to play the way, but, yeah, I'd take the 7.5 if, uh, if you made me do it. Yeah, put it in the corner. Don't watch it. All right, moving on. I mean, I'm going to see if Flacco's in the upside. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God, he's like 90. You know what's so funny? People say Flacco, oh, he's so old or whatever. You know, Flacco, uh, when he was a senior in high school, Brady was winning his second or third Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brady was like, Brady's like seven years older than that dude. So Brady, he breaks the mold. Yeah, the mold has been broken. Speaking of breaking molds, oh, these next two teams broke it, baby. The Washington Redskins are at home, and they're two-and-a-half-point favorites over those Jacksonville Jaguars. Are they at home? I mean, is there really a home field advantage no, for for not. those those com, commies? What are we calling them? The commies? The commandos? What are, what are we calling them? No, they're the Redskins. They're still the Redskins. Everybody right, can go that's fuck fine themselves. That's fine with me. I'm actually. What'd you say? The official lines down to two and a half. Yeah, at two and a half. I'm gonna just lean to Washington, and it's fucking disgusting. But I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Um, Jacksonville is one of those off-season getting a lot of love te- uh, teams. I think I think this early summer line was at four. Now it's down to two and a half. So all the love is on Jacksonville. Washington, of course, is getting no love, and probably because they deserve it. At not probably, they definitely deserve it. They're one of the most disappointing teams. Anytime you like or think Washington's going to be good, they will fucking let you down. And it, uh, and honestly, it seems like when you think they're going to be terrible, that's when they kind of like have a, that, that one-year resurgence or whatever. They're, they're just a weird team. They're a really weird team. But um, in this spot, I'm not, I'm not as high on Jacksonville as other people are, and I'm not as low on Washington as other people are. So clearly, I'm going to lean to Washington minus two and a half. Um, so, yeah, that, that's <laughs> – I mean, it's just kind of like a – let's see what happens, man, because, like, somebody's wrong. Like, and you can't tell everything in one game, clearly, but – you know, in the trenches, we're going to see. Like, we're going to see if Jacksonville in the trenches can hold up with, um, you know, a team that's not great in the trenches, but they're not awful. So, I just and, and we get to see we get to see Goldilocks with a with a brand new coach. So, there's a lot of things to see for the first time. Obviously, Carson Wentz in Washington. So many things to see for the first time in this game. This is kind of a stay away and just watch. But I'll lean to Washington at that great number of two and a half. Yeah, it's a stay away and watch game, but I just got a feeling that one of these two teams, you know, you're not going to get them on this kind of discount again. Um, Now, I don't think either one of these teams is going to be great, but this game has kind of 
ugly written all over it, one way or the other. If you want to look at history, it'll tell you which way it's going to get ugly. Uh, the Redskins are 83, 112, and 9 in home <laughs> games since moving into FedEx Field in 1997. Is this bad? That's 42% all <laughs> fucking times. So in other words, if you bet on them, you got a 42% historical perspective chance of winning. That's not really where you want to start your week one off at. However, if you're more right than I am on them, and because I think you had them winning nine games, or no, eight games, right? Eight, eight games. Yeah, eight. So two and a half points to you know what was the worst team in football at home to a team that's going to win eight games, and Jacksonville's most likely not going to win eight games. That's a hell of a discount. So I think they played this. Yeah. If it goes the way you think, and they play this game in week eight, you know the skins are probably four and a half point favorites here, and it's a stay away game again. So if you if you got any faith in them, this is this is the spot. I'm telling you right now, this is the spot to take the Redskins if you got any faith in them oh. at all. Um, yeah. Put your faith in Washington. See see how that works <laughs> out for you. See how that works out for you. Man. All right, we're gonna move on those Carolina <clears throat> Panthers. And they're hosting the Cleveland Browns, and they are now a consensus one-and-a-half-point home favorite again. Oh, one-and-a-half. Why is this line dropping like that? Interesting. Um, I, I've i got to lean to Carolina, but I'm, now I'm starting to question what's going on and why they've gone from two-and-a-half to one-and-a-half over the last uh, couple of days. But, yeah. Lean to Carolina, revenge game for Baker. Maybe it's because he ran his stupid big fucking mouth and and said that he's going to – what did he say he was going to uh, – um, oh, my God. What, he's going to fuck he, them like they're a chick in the parking lot and fucking uh, the outside of the Cheesecake Factory. That's actually not that far off from what he actually said. So, <laughs> so, may, so maybe that's why it dropped a full point, but I'm going to stick with it. Carolina uh, – they're they're a team that I that another team that I'm higher on than most people. Um, so this is a great chance, great opportunity against against a team with you know a very very poor quarterback starting for Cleveland to kind of win an ugly low scoring game. Uh, Over unders forty two, so that tells you right there it's going to be low scoring, kind of ugly. All all Baker has to do is just make one or two plays. You know he doesn't have to go win it; he just has to not lose it. And they should win this game by three points. I mean, they, they just should. So, lean to Carolina for me. Yep, absolutely on the Panthers here. This is the spot where Baker is Baker anytime he can exercise that chip on his shoulder. I don't have a lot of faith in Carolina winning a lot of football games this year. Obviously, the market doesn't either with that line. However, if you look at where the game opened this summer, this game was uh, four and a half points. They were dogs. And then one and a half point to the favorite. That is a six-point swing, and if you look at the market between what Watson was and what Brissett is, it's close to six points, so it's pretty much settled right in where it should be by the numbers. So the only variance here, the only, I guess, wiggle room you got between yourself and a proper market is the Baker factor. I think that's enough to carry them to victory in week one, and uh, yeah, I like Carolina here. All right. All right, moving on, those Houston Texans. Speaking of Watson, uh, that's where he did all his, uh, yeah. all, what, all, what all the things he did. He did them all. He yeah. did it there. He did, and they're seven-point home dogs to the Indianapolis Colts. 
Yeah, uh, I would, you know, I'm going to lean to Houston, but it's fucking disgusting, and this could get way out of hand. But again, division game, home dog, it's, this is a repeating theme of the, of the week. Um, a huge syndicate, syndicate came in and dropped this from eight and a half to seven, which means they dropped fucking major cash to move it a point and a half. That just doesn't happen in the NFL very often. So, um, I think this has a chance to tick back up by game time, back up to like the seven and a half, maybe not eight, but probably, you know, if, if you like Houston, I think wait on it is basically what I would say. Cause you probably can get that seven and a half by game time. If you like Indy lane, the seven, that's pro- that's not probably, that's definitely the best you're going to get, um, on Indy. So I'm going to lean to the seven, but I'm going to wait until right before kickoff and see how high that number can get back up to, but it's just fucking gross. I mean, of course, any could blow them out. But again, division game, home dog, seven or higher. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, I'm glad that you had that bit of information because I was wondering what moved the market from the eight or eight and a half down to the seven. <clears throat> huge, huge money. Syndicate came in and pounded this game. That's interesting because other than that, nothing else has changed between these teams. No, we've had no injuries, you know. Nothing really to report from training camp. Everything's kind of rolling the way we thought there was. Now, if you want Houston there, seven and a half right now at FanDuel. So I think that you're right. It is going to kind of tick that back up. They're charging four cents. More on the juice to get the half a point. Uh, I think that's well worth your money there. But, again, I don't really know what's changed. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not interested in laying Indy. Again, this is a... Again, a wait-and-see team with me. There's, there's, Here's the thing, boys and girls. It's week one. It's week one. There's no reason to bet unknowns. We don't know what Matt Ryan's going to look like in this offense. You know, David Mills. Well, we do we do know that Frank Reich is 0-4 in week ones as his, in his career as a head coach, ATS. So we do know that. We do know that. And we also know that, you know, David Mills wasn't great last year. But he was a second-best le- rookie. He he was a level of terrible that at least you can measure because he's still with the same team. So you kind of know what you get without him. That means it's factored into the market. And even with all of that, you've had huge money come in and hit the Texans on the head. Now, I do fully expect this to keep going back up because all of the squares are going to see, oh, my God, Houston, <laughs> yeah. only seven. Mm-hmm. Well, give me fucking Indy. Give me Indy, give me Indy, give me Indy. Right? They only got to win by a touchdown. So I don't think I think that you're 100% right. Indy does not go below the seven. It's only going to go up from here. So if you like Indy, grab them now. If you like Houston, shop around. You can get a seven and a half out there already. It's probably going to get closer to even. I don't see it moving past seven and a half. Maybe it will because seven and a half to eight is kind of dead anyway. But uh, you probably can get it back to the 110 juice if you wait long enough to get the seven and a half. All right. Moving on, those Tennessee Titans are home to the New York Football Giants. And they are five and a half point consensus home favorites. Yeah, five and a half. We talked about it earlier. This this, this line or this game and line is is much like the New Orleans Atlanta to me. Uh, just a dead number. Danny Dimes is eleven and four as a road underdog. Uh, so that's something to factor in. And they've got a new coach, a new system. Everybody's fired up to see what's going on here with this team. Uh, but they're not a very good team. They're not a good team yet. You know, if you listen to our offseason podcast. I do like the way they're building. They're building on the trenches. A lot of young talent that they're filling in there. But, you know, I don't think they're ready. And um, at this dead number, on a forced lean, even though I, just, I can't play fucking five and a half. 
So, but again, on this for the sake of the podcast, on a force lean, I would take Tennessee. Um, as you get towards game time, if that takes up to six, six and a half to the Giants, I'm interested. I'm interested in the Giants at that because I do think this, you know, Tennessee, they're a really good team. They're a really well-coached team, but they play a lot of close games. They're, they're, they're a team that would, you know, uh, Vrabel comes from New England. They have no problem winning a bunch of games by three points. They do not care about uh, style points. They're not interested in it. They're, they just want to get in and get out with a W. Um, so, look, at six, six and a half, lean Giants. At the five and a half, five and a half force lean Tennessee. Yeah, this line has moved from, it was six and a half when it opened up the summer. It's moved down a full point, I think, only because pretty much all the news coming out of Tennessee really has been nothing but negative from an injury standpoint. And, uh, you know, I mean, you just haven't seen anything positive come out of that. Giants, I don't think you've heard anything of anything come out of anywhere from them. You know what they are at this point. You know what Tennessee is with Tannehill. You do have Derrick Henry coming back. We'll see what he's got left in those gigantic fucking legs of his. Uh, But I expect him to be fresh to start the season. Uh, I would definitely take Tennessee on a lean here to cover the five and a half. Um, Generally at home, they're pretty good. ATS last year, six and four against the number. But like you said, Danny Dimes for his career, very good. Excellent, actually, against the number as a road dog, So, which is mostly what he's been. So pretty much every time he walks into a road stadium, he really <laughs> doesn't think he has a chance to win. And the market's telling you he doesn't have much of a chance to win here. But that's where he shines, covers. I guess you could say. Covers, yeah. He covers. He covers. He covers. But at five and a half, doo-doo. 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 Nobody plays five and a half. That's the worst number ever. Moving on to those Minnesota Vikings. <clears throat> One-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and listen, um, Minnesota is one of my favorite teaser plays of the week, taking them from the plus one-and-a-half at home up to the plus seven-and-a-half. Green Bay is a team that's changing. They have a obviously new receiving core. Rodgers never plays in the offseason. And if you remember last year, they came out flat in week one. They had all that all that drama and offseason bullshit that was going on with Rodgers. They came out flat in week one and lost at New Orleans. Uh, and then obviously went on and, and was and were awesome. And I think they're going to be awesome too. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but right here in this spot, it, this could be a little um, suspect. But at one and a half, it's not worth a play on Minnesota to me at that number. Uh, but like I said... You know, there, there are several teaser play type games. You you know, with, with the Rams at two and a half at home, you could take the Rams up to eight and a half, package them with Minnesota up to seven and a half. There, there are several good teaser type leg plays. Um, so no real lean on the game. I, I, you know, look, I mean, listen, Minnesota does play Green Bay tough. Like through the years, they beat Green Bay at home. Uh, um you know, occasionally. I mean, it's not, it's not like they're just complete duds against Green Bay at home. So, but that this the line's too low. One and a half. What are you gonna do that? You can't do anything with one and a half. That's te- that's terrible number. So, um, nothing on the game. Love it as a teaser play. Uh, and curious to see what the the computers have to say in this week one matchup with these two teams. Well, let's check that out, shall we? Uh, let's see. It looks like the computers like Minnesota. 
here. At one and a half. Hmm. All right. At one, yeah, one and a half was graded out there. Or wait, was it? Yeah, yeah. At one and a half was graded out there. So mm-hmm. Minnesota graded pretty well through our computer system in the offseason. They actually underperformed their Pythagorean theorem last year. If you remember early on, they had two games that they lost. One was in Arizona, and I'm having trouble remembering the other one where they they lost two games early by missed field goals. So Captain Dan Bailey let them down a couple of times, so they should have had a couple Arizona. more wins. Arizona. Arizona maybe. No, Arizona was one for sure. I can't remember what the other one was. But they they had two games early on that uh, they should have won. They didn't win. They should have had a little bit better season than they did last year. I think they're going to have a better season this year. Uh, But here's why I can't play Minnesota. It's because Kirk Cousins against teams, and this, this is important, that end up the season with a winning record. Now, Longhorn. Do you believe that Green Bay will have a winning record at the end of the season? <laughs> uh, yeah, l- uh, slightly. Yeah. All right, so if he plays a team, no matter what the record is when he plays them, if they end up the season with a winning record, he is 10-41 and 41 in his career straight up, which at one and a half points is pretty close to a straight-up fucking bet. Now, that doesn't mean he can't win this particular game. Obviously, the market thinks that he can win this particular game, and if you look at what the market's telling you, you know, obviously they're telling you Green Bay is the better team by a little bit, but for them being road favorites in Minnesota. But, you know, there's always a chance, I guess, if you wanted to say that, but there's no way I could take it. And plus Green Bay owns yeah. this division, even against the number last three years, four and two, four and two, and four and two against the number in the NFC North, so that's why I like the teaser because they Minnesota plays close games and they lose a lot of close games. Um, so if, if they're a team that plays a lot of close games, you get them on that plus plus eight or plus seven and a half. That's that's a safe spot to to put them in there with another team. So yeah, I, I like that play. I like that call a lot. Uh, like I said, I just cannot play Minnesota. It's Green Bay or pass for me on that one. And this line right. has not moved one inch. It's ticked up. You know, here and there, but overall, it was at one and a half when it opened the summer. It's landed back at one and a half. Uh, I see it at two points at one book, and a point spread, a points bet. Uh, that's the only book I see it at two. Maybe some Minnesota money comes in. I can't see anybody just, you know, killing themselves to play Minnesota at this number, really. No, I don't think so. So I think it stays there. All right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs are at the Circus Midget. And they are five-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. road favorites. I'm showing them six on mine, so uh, you got some sixes available? I got quite a few sixes available. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I wrote it up as a six. Like, this is a tough game for me, but I'm going to lean to the home dogs. Uh, I mean, again, that five-and-a-half, fuck that shit. Find a way to get the six on these. If you like the home dogs, and, and that, that's the third game. That's or uh, Was that the third game? I guess, I guess the Giants are a road dog. At five and a half, but either way, if you like the dog, and the, uh, for these games that are stuck at five and a half, you know, wait for the six, and if if you don't get it, then just kind of pass it. But at six, I do like them. I do like the Cardinals, um, and I and I'm fully aware that Andy Reid starts off the season historically awesome because you know when he has a whole off season to prepare for you, he is fantastic. But he is working in quite a few new pieces here on the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, you know, like, I mean, look, Kansas City's the way better team than Arizona. I've, I'm actually down on Arizona more than more than most people that I know, and yet still I like the six at home for them. Coach Bro is is uh, he's not a good coach, but he's good to start the season. And I, and I know that Hopkins isn't there, and that, and that is a factor. But, I mean, come on. Six points at home. Uh, the, the Chiefs play the, the Chargers next week, so I know it's a little early to be talking about look-ahead games. But but this is a this is a cross conference game against Arizona on the road. You got a division opponent next week. I don't know. Just give me the six points at home, and um, <laughs> and cross your fingers. I guess uh, just come on, Circus Midget. Fucking put on a show for us. Yeah, and with that guy, you're always alive generally at the end of the game because it's really hard to put him away. Uh, as much as we make fun of him, you know, he does mm-hmm. keep his team in ball games and he wins more than he loses. And this, yeah. what I'm having trouble because the. the the Hopkins thing was known, right? Like we knew he was suspended. We've known that the whole offseason, right? Yeah, a long time, long time. So this game opened at minus three, and it's up to minus five, all the way up to minus six. So I don't see, unless the market's factoring in, I guess the uncertainty of Kansas City's offensive line and all the things. And I think you talked about that on the podcast. What's going on there? But man, they don't have one. They don't have uncertainty in the offensive line. They don't. Well, I mean, I don't. I just don't understand three. Three full points of movement on, from what we've known, like you know, was pretty, it, pretty, it well, was all there. It it went from it, wait, what was the line before? Uh, Kansas City minus three. Oh, so it's, so something's going on with Arizona. I mean, they've got some injuries going on over there uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Like Watt is kind of questionable. Which he's a hundred years old. He doesn't move the mark three points. Who gives a shit? No, yeah, no, for sure not three points, but. Um, I, it just then it's an overreaction. It's got to be overreaction to the whole drama with the um, with the um, the play calling and the, the the study time for for the circus midget. I mean, just there was another comment about that this week. They asked him, you know, hey, would you? And the reporter was joking, like, hey, would you rather just call the plays? Ha ha. And Kyler's like, yeah, you know, there's sometimes that uh, I pretend I don't hear what he says in the headset. Oh, I kind of call my own Jesus. play, which. Whether he was being honest or not, I don't think he's really smart enough to lie in that situation. So he probably was just telling the truth, especially since you know you know how local reporters are. They're just gonna kind of you know joke and kid around with the guy and oh, yeah. him and Hall, as Jerry likes to say. So yeah, I I think it's just I think it's just because Kansas City has looked awesome in the preseason. Mahomes has looked fucking they, they've sharp been as hell. They've been unstoppable. When he's on the field versus the other teams, one I think he yeah. said four drives with four touchdowns. Like they have not and been all, and all their all their draft picks have looked awesome on offense and defense. So it looks like they smashed another draft. And there's been noise with Arizona in the offseason. So that, that but that's not worth three, you know, two and a half points or whatever it was. Like that's this looks like this feels like an overreaction. Which points me to Arizona plus six at home. Yeah, I mean it's it's a full three points, and I was like without either a major cluster injury or you know, I mean not I mean if Kyler went down, obviously it moved a lot more than that, but it, it has to take something major to move something three points, and there just hasn't been any with Hopkins being a known factor and no real cluster injuries. That I'm with you, man. That that's too much movement. You know, I was, mm-hmm. was kind of like you said, I was having a hard time deciding, but you got to remember too. Coach Bro and the Midget, they start out great every year. Where they they started every year like fucking seven and one, eight and zero. Kyler's like the leading MVP, fucking in Vegas. The odds getter like the last two years for the first half of both seasons. Like 
this is their time. Now, I know it's Kansas City's time, too. But, again, you know, Kansas City's a veteran team now. And Mahomes is a veteran. And, yes, of course, they want to go win games. But it's not like it was when he was, you know, the first year starting. And they're just you know, they're the Globetrotters blowing everybody the fuck out and just doing whatever they want to do. They've been challenged the last couple of years. Now, he's great, so they've overcome it, obviously. But, man, that's a lot of points to lay on the road. And, I'm sorry, but there's no, like, if you play and it's if home field's worth two and a half now, that means they'd be 11 point home favorites. Like, fuck mm. that, dude. This is too yeah, many that's points. too much. And I, and I don't know if it has anything to do with it or, you know, if it factors at all, but Andy Reid's son is, he's got a court decision coming on. Uh, I think this week is going to be decided for all that drama that was going that on. That should move the line you know, down the, the other way. You would think, but I mean, how well how well is that known? I don't know. You know, like that's Damn. and and how and how do you even factor? I mean, do you factor that in? How do you factor it in? What's the number? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but we're gonna move on to the Los Angeles Football Chargers. And yeah, three and a half point home favorites versus our Las Vegas Raiders. Well, three and a half or three severely juice is what I'm showing. So again, if you like the dog. Take the three and a half. If you like the favorite, you're going to lay some juice here. Um, this is kind of a stay away game for me because the Chargers are a team that will let you down in, in, in major fashion. I'm high on the Chargers. I think I had them going to the – yeah, I, had, I have them in the AOC Championship game against Buffalo. So I am definitely buying on the Chargers this year. And if they're going to be what I think they're going to be, they should handle up on this Vegas team, who they overmatch in the trenches just on both sides of the ball tremendously. So the Chargers, when they're on offense, they should have no problem moving the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage, letting Herbert do what he wants through the air, finding some space for for, uh, the running backs to, to to do their thing against that Raiders defense. And on the other side of the ball, my God, I have no idea how this god awful Las Vegas offensive line is going to block Bosa and Mac. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I mean, look, I'm going to lean to the Chargers, and I would sh- obviously, since I like the Chargers, I would shop it around and find that minus three. Um, but do I feel great about it? No. But look, if I'm right, they're going to come on, man. It, this is time for the Chargers to actually. Come on, man. This, this is a game that you fucking you get in there and you dominate. You have the better. Offensive line. You have the better defense line. You have the better quarterback. Um, I don't know about coach. Well, I mean, I don't know about coach. We'll see about that. But you just flat out have the better roster. You're at home, and I know that doesn't mean anything for the Chargers. They they probably won't even have a home field advantage. Probably be half and half. Oh, it's uh, going to be Raiders home field. Yeah. So so unfortunately, that's just something they got to deal with. You know, they've done, they've known that they're not going to have home field. So. Uh, Plant your flag, Chargers. Go in there and dominate this team on both sides of the ball and and win by more than three. That's 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 my lean. Knowing that they could certainly let me down. Yeah, so I think if you play the Chargers, I'm not paying, and I see it too at minus uh, three at minus one twenty. I'm not paying another dime for that half a point. If you like the Chargers here, I'm with you. I think they just need to go in there and handle up, and they just need to beat them by a touchdown. That's just what they should do. Now, this line was at four, opening. It's been there all summer, and it's at three and a half. You know, maybe some of that money's coming in, realizing that when Vegas comes to town, 
they are going to have more fans than the Chargers will. Uh, that's just something the Chargers, like you said, they. But again, that should have been factored in the, into the market, and maybe it was, and maybe it's just people are overplaying that now, and it's gotten it down to three and a half. And like I said, even down to three at a couple of spots, if you want to pay the extra juice, there's no way in fuck if I'm paying the extra juice. I'm just going to lay the three and a half if I like to play the Chargers, and I'm just going to go get it uh, again in the Raiders to, to take the three and a half. You're getting charged extra juice and a lot of books to even take the three and a half. So, mm, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, and one quick thing about the Chargers letting you down. Oh, they will do that because uh, overall ATS, yeah, they're not great. They're sub-500 ATS uh, for the last three years running. And, you know, in the division, Herbert's first year, they went 4-2 and two ATS. Last year, 3-3. Three and three. So they came back to, you know, the pack a little bit there. Uh, and as favorites, and this is part of the letdown, 4-7 and seven last year as favorites, ATS. <laughs> they do not, they are allergic to success. They can't stand it. They don't want any part of success. So it is time, it's Herbert. Time it's time to do it. <laughs> it is, man. All right, we're gonna move on to the Sunday night football game. Those Dallas Cowboys, and now the visiting Tampa Brady Buccaneers are back up to a two and a half point road favorite. Yeah, that's no. Um, I don't like this game on the spread either way. Um, but Dallas is one of the three favorite teaser plays that I like. So you got Dallas, you can tease from two and a half up to eight and a half. You've got, um, what did I say? Oh God, where are they? Um, the Rams on Thursday night from two and a half up to eight and a half at home. And then also the third one was Minnesota at home from one and a half to seven and a half. So you got three teams there that are teaser type teams that you can mix and match however you want. As far as the line goes, I mean, uh, here's the deal. I don't like either one of these teams right now. I, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers are playing with so much. They've got so much injury noise going on. They've got so much uh, offensive line issues and quarterbacks dealing with uh, receiver injuries. I mean, even even Tampa Bay, it, Godwin, I think he's going to play, but is he going to be healthy? It's just, it's just a mess right now on offense for these teams. Um, so... The teaser lean and also the under 51 because that's, my God, that's a lot of points for two teams that are, you would think are going to be at their rustiest point right now with the offensive line uh, issues they both teams have going on So and the, and the receiver issues that they both have going on. So under 51 lean, teaser play for Dallas. What do the computers say? I like your under uh, play just because... Again, Tom has that just, you know, in his system. He's not going to fucking – he's just not going to go out all out early. And, of course, they're going to want to win the game, of course. But, you know, are they going to play all their cards to do so? They generally don't. Um, if you look at the game last year against this team, basically the spread is pretty much the same as it was because if you flip home field, that puts Tampa to the 7.5. And, and that's yeah. – I think they – were there and then like on game day it pushed like all the way up to nine you remember that like it was like yeah really late fucking steam of course dallas yeah. ended up covering but it took tampa turning the ball over a couple times for that to happen including godwin uh four godwin going in for the kill shot touchdown fumbling <laughs> on like the yeah. five yard line uh mm-hmm. here's where i'm at with this i think you're right both teams are 
compromised by injuries on both sides, and I think Dallas actually does have the edge on defense. However, one side has Tom Brady and the other one doesn't. And with Tom Brady in his career as an underdog, or laying two and a half points or fewer is 39 and 15 ATS. That's 73.6% for those of you mm. scoring at home. And I did some research. So Dak, I've told you many, many times in this podcast, owns the NFC East. He owns those motherfuckers. Straight up, against the spread, big spread, doesn't matter, blows people the fuck out. However, Dak in his career against non-division opponents is 26 and 32 ATS. So you're looking at a losing proposition ATS anytime Dak plays outside of the division. Again, against the spread. Um, and this is obviously a non-division opponent. Tom Brady's having a very short number, which he covers 73% of the time in his career, which he covers 60% of the time in his career, no matter what the fucking situation is. But if you give me 13 points on top of it, I'm going to fucking take it. Yeah, there's no other way to play this to me except Tampa. I do like the under lane that you have. I don't think they're going to have to go all out here, and if they're not have to, they're definitely not going to. So yeah, I, I like this to be a, an ugly, you know, three-point game. With a, it's too high. Too, too high. high with uh with Tampa just kind of winning in the end. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Last but not least, but yeah, it's pretty much least. Those Denver Broncos are going to the Seattle Seahawks, and they're six and a half mm. point road favorites. Yeah. Yep. 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 I said that there were no um in week one Hello Corner TV games, but Hello <laughs> Corner TV game. <laughs> you tell me what it's happens the in Monday this game. Night game. I, great. I'll be preparing for the Bashers of Babylon podcast <laughs> on Monday night. You tell me what happens. Uh, a forced lean. I'm not laying that many fucking points on the road. I mean, I know this. Uh, look, the, what's the what's the narrative in, with with the with the uh, fucking uh, Barney at the bar and all the fucking people that are going to go up there to the to the book at the last minute? It's all Russell Wilson. Event, uh, Revenge game. Russell wasn't. Russell wasn't. Russell. Well, you don't think Seattle, you know, wants a little revenge too. I mean, so like, I think the revenge is uh is is equaled out. And you're and look, Seattle sucks. And I understand that. But you're you're traveling, you know, to Seattle. It's a long trip up there. Even from Denver, it's still a long trip. Uh, yeah, six and a half is too much. Get force lean Seattle. Hold your nose. I won't even watch it. But. <laughs> I'll check the box score the next day, and I, I bet you it's a you know one of those twenty-three to seventeen type uh, Denver wins. Yeah, probably so. Um, but there's there's zero chance I can play Seattle. Zero chance. No. Um, this line has moved from four to six and a half. I have no idea why that was ever at fucking four. I don't know if everybody just forgot that Geno Smith sucked at football, or maybe they thought Drew Locke was going to get the starting job and somehow that made them a better football team. Yeah, so you can't take – how can you take Denver at, at minus six and a half when you had four all summer and nothing changed? Like, you can't take Denver minus six and a half now. No, I'm just glad I locked him in at uh, four points in an online <laughs> super contest I had. That's what I'm glad at. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, boys and girls, that was all them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, it's time you all have been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said free, picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on. 
All right, I am going to give out three teaser plays. Um, two of them are going to be wrapped up with the L.A. Rams, which you might not, by the time you hear this, it might already have played. So that you're going to have to like check the website because I'm going to put these out on Wednesday night on the website. So for people who check the website for the free picks, you're going to get the Rams plus 8.5 on a teaser play paired up with Minnesota plus 7.5 and, and also the Rams plus 8.5 paired up with the Dallas Cowboys at eight and a half. And the third leg is the other two, Minnesota plus seven and a half, Dallas plus eight and a half. Three teaser plays, LA Rams, Minnesota, and Dallas. Three teasers, baby. Reminds me of prom night. Three fucking teasers. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the teasing. All right. No payoff. My free pick. I got one official free pick and then one peak. Some money parlay coming at you. Free pick, Georgia State plus 7.5 at home versus UNC. First of all, UNC should have lost App State. You heard the story earlier last week. Uh, they're bad against the spread in the last two years. 10-15 and 15 overall, 3-6 and six on the road, 8-11 and 11 as favorites. Georgia State on the flip side, 16-7 and seven ATS. And at home, 7-4, and four, or sorry, 6-5 at home and 7-4 and four as dogs. This is UNC's second straight road game to open up the season. Give me Georgia State with the points. But not only that, the pizza money parlay, Georgia State on the money line plus 228 with Fresno State minus 105 and those Arizona fighting circus midges plus 205. Pair those together. Mm. That's a 17 and a half to one payout on a three-team fucking parlay, baby. It don't get much better than that. <laughs> Going, going college and pro, mix and match, huh? Mix and match. It's week one, baby. Let's have some fucking fun. All right, Longhorn, tell them one more time. And, Leslie, and you know, just in case these fucking retards weren't listening, where do you yeah. go to get all these wins? Yeah, listen up, you retards. Uh, <laughs> that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, which you better check if you're not getting the teaser plays, on our podcast and also on our social media platform so people stop being sports stupid and use them all but more importantly sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way people stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game let the pros do the heavy lifting so sign up tell a friend and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never pay a bookie again Come on. God damn it, people never pay a book against Steven Tyler. Take us out, baby. Yeah.